0: train gone started 11 years ago as emails and journal entries. Um, so like Catherine, I started writing really young. I used to write little newspaper articles, um, and staple them together and then give them to my dad and be like, here, read this. (laughs) And he's like, uh, okay. (laughs) He would just flip through them. And then, um, In eighth grade, I started writing a lot. I took a creative writing class, well, took up, but was enrolled in a creative writing class, and I wrote novellas, and they were always about heartbreak and loss and very Essie Hinton-style writing. Like, I I loved The Outsiders and everything about just, I I don't know, I just felt like I could really relate to heartache and loss, even though I was, what, 12, 13? (laughs)
1: Hey, welcome to Diary of an Indie Writer. It's Jazz. I'm an independent writer and a writing coach. And this podcast is my audio diary, where I basically share my journey as it unfolds in real time. And that includes the conversations I'm having along the way and the tips that I have for fellow writers who are looking to write from the heart and make an income from their writing in a healthy way, without burning out. I'm really pleased to bring you today's episode, the last of three Fireside Conversations to celebrate the release of my book, The Indie Author. These conversations were recorded back in December 2020, and when we recorded this, the podcast was still called INF Club, if you're curious about the references that are made to INFPs and INFJs during the conversation. I'm really grateful to both Catherine and Rebecca for their contribution to the book and their patience in waiting for this episode to be released. And speaking of Catherine and Rebecca, they are the two indie authors that I interviewed for this three-way fireside conversation. Their full names are Catherine Turner and Rebecca Mallory and here's a little introduction for each of them. Catherine Turner is an award-winning author, editor and a lifelong reader and writer. She grew up in foster care from the age of 8 and is passionate about improving the world through literature, empathy and understanding. In addition to writing books, Catherine blogs about mental health, trauma and the need for compassion on her website www.kturnerwrites.com. She lives in Northern Virginia with her husband, two children and two playful kittens. Catherine also has two books. Her first being "Finding Annie," and the second of which has recently been released. It's a memoir called "Resilient," and it was released last month on August the thirty first, twenty twenty one. It's available in ebook, paperback, and hardback formats. And Rebecca Mallory, author of "Train Gone," a Coda X J W memoir, is an INFJ, a Coda that's a child of deaf adults, turned nationally certified ASL interpreter, a bibliophile, logophile, writer, and doomsday cult survivor. She's drawn to dark souls, misfits, rebels, outliers, the misunderstood, and the hardened, because she believes those hard rebel edges can be softened. She lives in the sticks of New Hampshire with her husband and two dogs, Liesel and Dexter. And Rebecca's book, Train Gone, which is an expression in American Sign Language meaning you missed out, is a unique life story where Rebecca straddles not only the everyday world and that of a doomsday cult, but also both the deaf and hearing world, being the first ex-Jehovah's Witness coder to publish her story. Train Gone is available in ebook and physical formats by visiting RebeccaMallory.com. That's R E B E K A H Mallory.com. And onto today's conversation, some of the things we talk about include Catherine and Rebecca's writing processes for their books, their thoughts and feelings around marketing, and how to do it in a way that feels more authentic. Catherine and Rebecca also talk about their books. And the interplay between writing them and attending therapy. Both Catherine and Rebecca have attended therapy. And we talk about much more. Now, before we get started, I am so pleased, slash nervous, but mostly really pleased and excited to tell you that The Indie Author, my book, Sharing the Raw and Honest Stories of 50 Self Published Authors, is due to go on general sale as an ebook next week. That's Monday, the 27th of September, 2021, if you're listening to this episode in real time. However, there will be an exclusive pre-launch sale where the book will be available at a discounted price. And that'll be happening at the end of this week. So to be one of the first to purchase a digital copy of the book at a discounted price, head to net, and you'll be able to subscribe. And I'll yeah, be sending an email later this week to say... Pre-launch is live and you'll have, um, I'm planning three days, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to buy the book at a discount before it then goes on general sale on Monday. And if you're listening to this from Monday the 27th of September onwards, well, the book is now available. Head to theindieauthor.net to purchase your copy. As I mentioned, I'm feeling pretty excited, I have to admit, it has been a long road. It's two years for this book and I guess more than six years since I restarted my writing journey as an adult. If you're listening and you've published a book before, I think you'll know how I feel. And if you've not published a book as yet, but you consider yourself a writer, or you dream of being an author, or you have a book that's just waiting to be written, I really hope the indie author helps you, inspires you, and nudges you along on your journey in just the way that you need the fifty authors I interviewed are from different parts of the world, um, different backgrounds, but they're all regular people, like you and I, you know, with day jobs and families and you know just normal lives. They've written fiction, memoir, poetry, non-fiction, a combination, all manner of books. Some of them have just written the one book, others have written multiple books. But their stories will, I hope, in their variety speak to you and help you if you're a writer or if you're someone who hasn't quite given yourself the permission perhaps to call yourself a writer as yet but if you have an interest in writing I have a funny feeling that this book might speak to you that is certainly my intention okay deep breath with all of that being said I think it's about time to get started on today's episode. So here it is. This is the final of these three special fireside conversations to celebrate the release of my book. This is Catherine Turner, Rebecca Mallory, and I in conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I've just hit record. I I and F together, yeah, like just magic tends to happen. Um, how, How did you guys first come across one another?
0: I'm not sure something on twitter i
1: think yeah i, I, I thought it would be twitter
0: lauren probably shared something um, because i hadn't really been actively reaching out to anybody i was just staying yeah. in my own little bubble like safe there <laughs> 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 and then catherine you got in touch with me i think i got an email from you and i was like oh my god somebody likes my writing wow and as a stranger <laughs> that's
2: right yeah i had i had encountered you probably through something that lauren posted and i went to your website. And I liked what I was reading and I couldn't find a sign up. Uh, I wanted to subscribe to your newsletter. And I remember I messaged you because I was like, I think this is probably weird. Who in the history of the planet asks to sign up for a newsletter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would like to sign up and I don't see how to. That's when I got, to, got with my, my VA, Heather. And I was like, um, are we supposed to do that? She's like, I asked you when we set everything up if you wanted to. And you said no. I'm like, well, I changed my mind. She's like, I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know?
1: <laughs> just so, you know, you might've done it already, but, um, on zoom at the top, if you click on, um, gallery view, you can see like all three of us nicely on the screen without the little interchangey thing.
0: Okay. Oh, so where, Hold
1: on. so it's an option if you prefer it
0: upper right hand where it says speaker view, and then you can hit speaker view or gallery view or whatever. Oh, that's much better. Cause it did keep uh,
2: like, changing like repeatedly. Except- yeah.
1: As opposed to, so you can just see, I oh, saw sure now, um, I was thinking about this just really randomly. I don't know if you'll be as excited about me as I will, but you both got K, the letter K in your first name, which I feel like is just a really rare letter to have in a first name. <laughs> if you think about it.
2: I don't know. I guess I don't know that many people with a K.
1: <laughs> that, I was just, honestly, I was like, before we jumped on the call, just thinking about what I was going to ask. And I was like, they've both got K's in their names. Catherine, Rebecca. That's not, that's quite a rare thing.
0: I know I get annoyed when people are like, is it R-E-B-E-C-C-A? I'm like, nope, um, try again. <laughs> we can't guessing... find you in our system. I'm like, there's a reason for that. <laughs>
1: um, so I'm really excited to be doing this. So thank you both. It's really fun that you know each other as well. So this should just really be a really nice, nourishing conversation. Um, I guess to start things off, super low pressure because we're going to like talk about writing and your stuff throughout the course of this conversation. I think things will naturally come out, but if you'd like to maybe in turn share a few words about um, your books, um, some context, Catherine and Rebecca, I understand each of you um, so published and self-published your first books this year crazy yep. pandemic year, and you know you made it something awesome. So huge congratulations! And I would love to hear um, you talk a little bit. I guess first of all, yeah, about 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 the books, and then we'll dig in a little more. So, um, Catherine, would you like to go first? Just because I can see you. <laughs> the top of I was like going to go first.
2: Rebecca's I figured you'd both first. be so <laughs> eager
1: to, to start. <laughs>
2: um that's fine my um my book i published it actually right after everything shut down from covid mm. um and it's called finding annie this is really throwing me off trying to figure out where to look by the way so <laughs> as if my eyes are jumping around
1: you can change it back uh, if you prefer
2: <laughs> no no that's fine um it's finding annie it's the first in a series um and it's a story of a woman who's kind of Forced to confront her past and the ways that it has impacted her in her adult life. Um, a lot of people with trauma understand we tend to want to sweep that stuff under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist. Um, and it always kind of comes back to haunt you in unexpected ways. Um, and so this is the first installment of it, uh, primarily focused on Annie, but not just Annie, the other, some of the other main characters um, in the book as well, kind of being forced to confront. How it's impacting their adult lives um, and kind of start that journey towards healing. It's an awesome book. Thank you. <laughs> <Thanks>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I,
1: I feel like you both read one another's books, haven't you?
2: Yes. So that's pretty
1: cool as well. We can have some real, yeah, interplay here. Um, thank you, Catherine. Rebecca.
2: Uh,
0: oh wow! Um, train gone. I released in october um and i wasn't really sure about that pandemic year everything's crazy Mm. (sighs) political unrest just everything that happened this year and i was like is my book really important like probably not (laughs) and then i was like well it's important to me um so and through talking with catherine a lot she's like you can't you 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 got it you got to do it you got to do it (laughs) so thank you for that you're Um, welcome <laughs> and so it's about it's a memoir, um, told in story form. Um, so it's me um, having several sessions with my therapist, which is true. It's not just a story that my that that guy was my therapist, and he really did look like Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to look in his office for like little Superman action figures. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? So, it's basically about growing up a Jehovah's Witness um, and how my family is still very much in that organization, and I am not. And a lot of traumatic things happened that I confronted um, through therapy. And um, there was a leaving. I left the witnesses, spent quite a few years outside of the witnesses, and then went back because 9 11 happened and I freaked out. And uh, then I realized no this is probably not a good idea <laughs> and left again and all the sacrifices made when you have to like actually be true to yourself so i guess i don't know that's it in a nutshell
1: thank you um yeah i, I know for the, the both of you there are elements from your life uh to well, rebecca i know yours is Am I right in saying, you, 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 yeah, you call, it, you call yours a memoir. Catherine, I know yours isn't a memoir as such, but there's a lot of elements from your own life that you've weaved into this story. That, that's correct, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. How, um, for the how, when, when was it you decided you wanted to um, write your book? And again, kind of putting that out there to, to, to both of you. How... Roughly how long ago was it when this, the idea started to form?
2: (laughs) Sure, I'll go first. (laughs) Um, So I was actually kind of quiet because I was thinking about it because it's a little bit, it's simple and complicated at the same time, right? I thought it would be. um, (laughs) The simple response is that, I finally kind of came to that moment of truth where I had to admit out loud, right? And that's usually like the biggest hurdle is saying it out loud, because once it's out loud, something is true, right? Um, Say out loud that I wanted to go back to my love of writing because it was a part of me that I had shut down a long time ago. And... When I sat, when I decided that I wanted to go back to writing, I had this idea in my mind of writing a story about a woman who was finding herself after a life that was filled primarily in her childhood, but a life filled with trauma. And I sat, and I just sat down and started writing. I had this kind of basic idea in my mind of what I wanted it to do, that was kind of determined by the boxes that the genre definitions create. <laughs> right um so that I could fit it into some nice neat little category um and then it came out completely differently and didn't um (laughs) it didn't stick to those confines (laughs) at all (laughs) um and that's kind of the more the more simple story um and that that happened a few years ago um the more complicated I guess story is that this really is something that I started doing when I was young, right? Like the very first, I guess, lengthy thing that I wrote um, when I was 10 was a novella and it was about a girl who found her voice to set boundaries about her body, right? Um, After being sexually abused, but essentially that ability to like find, she was finding herself as a kid. Um, And this story, I had the realization when I was like halfway through it, <laughs> is really no different than that story that I had started to write. And then I had this ex- kind of upsetting experience with the teacher um, and then ripped it up into little pieces and threw it away <laughs> <laughs> and decided I was never going to write another story. Um, but it, so that's the more complicated side of it. So it's recent,
0: but not recent at all
1: yeah thank you for that
0: I love that <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I wanted you to go first because I wanted to know I knew what I was <laughs> <laughs> I was like I want to know what she's gonna say um I was interested am interested um Train Gone started 11 years ago as emails and journal entries um so like Catherine I started writing really young. I used to write little newspaper articles um, and staple them together and then give them to my dad and be like, here, read this. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) And he would just flip through them. And then um, in eighth grade, I started writing a lot. I took a creative writing class, well, took up, but was enrolled in a creative writing class and I wrote novellas and they were always about heartbreak and loss and very Essie Hinton style writing. Like I I loved The Outsiders and everything about just, I I don't know. I just felt like I could really relate to heartache and loss, even though I was what, 12, 13. (laughs) Um, And then when my husband and I started dating, um, he was like, maybe it would help you get through some of the things that you're dealing with. If you talked about them. Cause I was very averse to talking about anything. I was like, Nope, not going to talk about it. It's fine. Just sweep it. It's, it's cool. We'll just go about our day. Um, but he started emailing me questions, um, about my life and growing up and I saved all those emails and then drafted them into a document and I was like, ah, whatever. And then every so often I would pick at it and go back to it and write it and transcribe journal entries and things like that. And then I drafted several, several, I'd done several drafts of the book and sent it to a couple of friends and they're like, no, this is great. And (laughs) commas have always been my issue. (laughs) But aside from that, (laughs) because I'm remembering the feedback they gave me. They were like, these commas. I'm like, I know. (laughs) Um, But aside from that, then I just left it on my laptop. And then I found Lauren. I think I found her on Amazon of all places. I didn't find her on Twitter where she's just completely prolific. I found her on Amazon through Jacob Nordby. And um, I reached out to her and I was like, I got some stuff that I wrote. I don't know. What to do with it, it's kind of crappy. (laughs) She's (laughs) like, send it to me. And then, so that was when I got in touch with Lauren the first time I want to say it was 2018, the end of 2018. And um, every time I thought I was close to publishing it, I was like, oh, nope, that's not right. (laughs) And several drafts later, um, it was published, but it took a really long time, I think, to be able to work through everything and write about it and be so far away from it that I could write about it and feel it, but not be hurt by it anymore. If that makes sense.
1: Mm. The, the, the feeling I'm getting from the both of you in different ways, perhaps, but similarly is I think the, the act of writing is a form of processing what has happened, um, which is, is really valuable and, and lovely in some ways, but in other ways, processing is, uh, gosh, a whirlwind of all sorts of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like handle with care type situation, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's not like, um, I love how you both talk about writing novellas as kids. And I remember doing like writing little stories, but I was like, actually, they were novellas. I sound, I sound like pretty professional <laughs> writer kid when I, when I put myself was <laughs> writing.
0: Yeah, a, I think we all were.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, they, I guess. Yeah, they were novellas. Um, it's not like, you know, I, I, you can detective random stories or whatever, you know, just kind of creative, imagine, imagination stuff. Um, when you're so connected with it, I think it's a whole different experience. And I actually think that both of you, I think I've said this both to you, both individually, you've almost uh, jumped in in the deep end with these first books you've written. Um, Because I think they're almost the most challenging in different ways to write. And um, now you've done that, you could probably do anything. Um, But yeah, there's something about, I think, um, anything memoir or anything which is so... And I think all writing is personal in different ways. But when it's so personal, um, it presents different challenges. and and it's probably not just like a you know like a planned oh i'm just gonna every day for you know like a few minutes i'm just gonna write a bit by bit and then you know a few months later i'm gonna have a book i'm guessing it kind of twisted and turned and there were periods of no writing and periods of lots of writing um yeah what what, what did the the writing process look like for you i guess and process makes it sound so formal and rigid maybe it wasn't maybe it didn't feel like a process maybe it was all sorts of higgledy-piggledy but if you could speak to that (laughs) i'd be really curious to hear (laughs) piggledy-piggledy i
0: haven't
2: heard that in a while i like (laughs) piggledy-piggledy
1: i'm trying to think of where that's from whether that's roald dahl or dr seuss or it's one of these authors where i first came across it but yeah i i I like it as well
0: Do you want me to go first this time or do you want to go first? Totally up to you. <laughs> I'll give you a minute to process if you want. Okay, sure. I know this one. The writing <laughs> process was the question. The writing what was the writing process like? Yeah,
1: what what um, what was the process like? you you've said this is really what 10 11 years in the, in the making. So what is it? Um, well,
0: if I'm going to be completely honest, there was a lot of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me personally at the time, I mean, I've Water or alcohol? no. Not water. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There was a lot of alcohol for me because I was like, oh my God, these things happen. And it wasn't until I put pen to paper or saw it in black and white on a computer screen and went, oh my God, like that happened. Mm. Um, You know, the saying, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. Um, So for me, that was the beginning of the messy process. When I actually started to say, okay, no, I'm gonna publish this and I want it to be out there. Um, I used a lot of Lauren's methods actually. Um, her mosaic method helps me like tremendously. Um, I can't say enough good things about that. And it's a, definitely a feeling thing. So when I'm feeling a certain way about something, or I hear a song and it takes me back to 1993 and I'm like, ah, and I just get that. Like I, my whole body just reacts and, if I feel like there's something that needs to be said, I'll write it in the notes section of my phone, on on paper, whatever, and then find a place to put it in there. And there might not be a good place for the whole thing, but there might be a little nugget that would work in a certain place of the book. Um, and I know that when I talk to Lauren about that, she's like, "Oh yeah, the Mosaic method. It's awesome." And I'm like, "Yeah, because I can just write whatever I'm feeling at any given time and put it in there if it's if I feel I can use it." And music. Definitely helps my process um, when I need to go back to, like, a certain time and feel it in order to write it. Because I can't write if I don't feel If I'm not feeling anything, nothing's going to come out. Um, Like, yesterday, I realized that I got to the end of my sequel and was like, okay, I need to wrap this up in a way. But that got me too thinky. And that doesn't work for me. (laughs) I have to feel it. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna set it aside and maybe just listen to some music or maybe just chill and see what comes up. But usually I also look at pictures. I look at old photos, those help too.
1: So anything that really helps you get into that uh, emotional, feely space, it sounds like.
0: Feely, I have to be feely, I can't be thinking.
1: yeah we um like those terms. Uh, I th- yeah we, we've talked about lauren a couple of times we'll we'll talk about lauren Sapala, and we'll definitely share her details for anyone who hasn't come across lauren i think uh in, in the inf club most people have, have have or a lot of people have heard of her uh, it feels like because of the work that she's done it is awesome um did you mentioned um coming across her and reaching out to her in 2018 mm-hmm. um, from that moment onwards, did anything change in relation to your writing process? Was it was it honed?? Can you, can you-
0: um, yeah, I, I had a new focus. She taught me how to find the themes that I was writing about. She's like, the themes for your book are abandonment, betrayal, loss, all those horrible things. I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, but it helped to know, you know she's like, so you need to keep things in that in that theme. Um, there were a lot of things I didn't write about, good things but they didn't go along with the theme of the book. And not to say that the things that I wrote about didn't happen or that I fabricated any of it. They indeed did happen, but it it didn't mesh well if I had put in a lot of the good memories. That will be saved for another time. That's actually going to be, later on down, that's going to be the threequel. Which, whatever you call it, the third one, the third installment.
1: The 3 cool. I love that. Cool. I
0: don't know what you call it, but I was like, I saw that online. I'm like, okay, that works. 3 cool. It's kind of cute, but <laughs> I don't know if it's accurate. Um, because those memories have surfaced a lot more since I was an adult. At, at the time of the, the time period that I wrote for Train Gone, those memories weren't a part of my everyday because I was living to. I don't even know what the word is, but that was not in a place to remember anything good, if that makes sense. That- um, but Lauren, yeah, she definitely taught me to kind of zero in on some themes. And she basically gave me the confidence. Um, she was like, this is not crap. <laughs> this is really, really good. And because um, I had reached out to other people and I didn't hear a peep from anyone, friends that were writers, people i would known for years. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I felt, wow, my writing's maybe it is kind of crappy. But then Lauren was like, uh no. So,
1: yeah. Yes, it sounds like she she told you what you needed. She gave you what you needed in that moment, right?
0: <laughs> um She's
1: still
0: good at that. She's still really good at that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She really, yeah. She what uh, we would yeah we would we were talking about this on one of our on uh, i think i love maybe the last conversation that we had her like she was like, her, my thing is um just seeing the potential in in others and and she her she, she especially is drawn to like artisans and creatives and that sort of thing um before before we move on to Catherine, there was something else i wanted to ask which both of you have kind of touched on rebecca you talked about themes Catherine mm-hmm. you, you mentioned genres um, and i feel like it's it's important to to talk about genres because um do you, i think we we we're, we're led to think that you know we we have to write for a genre um but i know in some ways that can that can for some writers feel restrictive um and almost take you into like thinking and rationalizing over writing for more of a real authentic felt place. Um, what, what was that? What was that like, like for you? Did you, was it more themes that you had in mind? Did you, did you have a, did you hold a genre there? Like what, uh, what was that like for you kind of thinking about genres and themes or did you even think about it whilst you were writing?
0: Me or no? You're asking Catherine. The
1: both of I was going to ask. <laughs> Sorry, the both of you. Yeah, you can't tell who I'm looking at. I'm... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. I was like, I wonder where I am on a screen. I see his eyes going down. And...
1: <laughs> yeah, your top left, Rebecca's bottom. I'm top right.
2: <laughs> um, I don't mind answering this one first. Oh, you took the last one. Um. <laughs> So when I decided that I wanted to start writing again, the first thing I did was some research. Um, I'm learning that I'm less like this naturally. It was more kind of uh, something that was born out of a traumatic childhood and trying to find control. But I'm very organized in type A. And... <laughs> So the first thing I did was research. I was like, I have to do research before, before I do anything else. I also, in my firm, I do a lot with corporate communications. And so everything's very kind of prescribed and rigid. So the idea of doing some research first was familiar to me. Um, and everything I read was for, basically said that unpublished authors need to stick within a very strictly defined genre. Mm -hmm. Because people are less willing to accept people crossing genres if they're new, Mm -hmm. right? If they haven't proven themselves yet. So since I was starting with fiction instead of nonfiction, I was like, okay, I know that I want to put something in here about love and the role of love to help you kind of to heal and learn to love yourself. Because I think that's really important. And it's a big theme in my my life, like in Mm -hmm. real life. Um, so I decided it had to be romance because there wasn't really anything else that you could put a love story in that was acceptable. (laughs) Nobody wanted to see a love story in romance or if it wasn't in a romance. So I read a lot about like the, what you needed to have and how many story beats and where everything occurs. Um, and I tried to force this, the, the kind of nebulous story I had in my mind to fit those
0: predefined
2: um predefined uh categories like for each section of the book and then I started writing and it was nothing like that so I um I couldn't I couldn't write according to what I felt like I was supposed to I just couldn't do it um and I ended up deciding that if that meant I never published anything, then I never published anything, but I had to just put to paper what the characters in my mind were telling me to put to paper. Mm. Essentially. Um, was it, and it quite, has been difficult? Huh?
1: Was it quite easy for you to override this corporate communication strategy, research, framework, boundaries world? and be like nope I need to really write what I want to write did that come quite naturally and easy to you or was there any resistance
2: it was much easier than I thought it would be <laughs> once I let go of that trying to was kind of staring at a blank page and trying to figure out how I was going to make it fit what it was supposed to fit and decided that I'd worry about that later and just get the words out it came very naturally to me to just keep writing um, I I would have something like the characters would play out like a scene in my head and I'd write it down and then um I I do that I do all my writing first thing in the morning right so I get up really early in the morning and then I do my writing and then I would go for a walk and I'd have my work day and then during the day you know things are happening in the back of my mind and I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning and I would know the next scene that I needed to write down um, and in that way it kind of unfolded as something new to me every day (laughs) what was happening in my story um there were certain things that did not change um like if you if you read my book there is a sexual assault that's at the heart of the story and I knew that I wanted to write that story about someone about a woman who's healing from being raped, but in the instance where her boyfriend believes her, because in my real life, I went through a similar experience where I was not believed. Um, And so part of writing this was for me to kind of heal parts of myself, right? Um, I guess you could say that we're kind of broken from not being believed. And I decided ultimately that if it didn't fit into a genre box very neatly, that was okay if it helped me in the process. And I felt very strongly that in it would ultimately help other people as well. Um, I wanted to write something, whether it fit genre requirements or not, that people would recognize themselves in. There's a lot of literature out there um, that claims to have imperfect characters, right? And they make a mistake. And then they realize they made a mistake and then everything is hunky-dory. And in real life, it's a whole lot messier than that. And while you don't necessarily want to find real life all the time when you go, when you turn to fiction, there is an element. I know that I personally looked for a lot when I was growing up of wanting to see myself and people who actually screwed up the way that I screwed up and went through the kinds of things that I went through and see how much they actually struggled and still could be happy instead of you just have to flip a switch and then you're happy (laughs) kind of thing
1: right right writing in a more of a like a prescribed manner yeah i I do think yeah yeah no um thank thank you for for sharing that i I think that well this is my feeling again curious to hear what 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 both, both of you think if you've got anything to say to it that advice you got about you know, not writing cross-genre and just sticking to one and this when you're starting out. I, I honestly really wonder if that is more appropriate for um, the world of traditional um, because within that, that those parameters, you know, you've got, I did a week in a publishing house and, you, and I'm sure you know, you've got all these different departments, divisions, and da, 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 and it all gets, the more layers and the more complex the system is, if you like, the bigger the system is, the more it lends itself to actually the tangibles, hence it always comes back to a defined genre um yeah. if you're if you're um and that that that's fine if you want if you want to go that route et cetera et cetera um if you've got other reasons for writing and you just want to get your work out to the world and reach those who you know some of the reasons you describe you you want others to relate to what you have written and really be able to see themselves and, and perhaps help with their being seen and and, and growing and healing um i'm not so sure that the genre thing has to be a thing just my my two cents
0: i agree i didn't um even think about a genre actually i remember asking lauren like what am i writing i'm like i know it's memoir but i after i did the rewrite um it completely changed from a chronological this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened, memoir into more of like a story, but still in chronological order. Um, and she's like, well, it's it could be autobiographical fiction. It could be um, creative nonfiction um, because I did play around with some timelines, but still the things that I said happened actually did happen. It's just the timing in which some things may or may or some things were said they could have been said later than earlier than whatever but um i i even within the autobiographical fiction memoir and creative nonfiction, i was like i still am not comfortable with those labels (laughs) because i don't really know what it is it's just kind of what it is it is what it is
2: Mm.
0: but like and i think you're right about the traditional thing too because i think that with tangibles and labels it's easier for them to to just put a sticker on it and be like, here, this is the next bestseller that's going to be in this genre. Um, but I don't know that that necessarily works unless you're Augustine Burroughs and that, you know, all you write is memoir, <laughs> which I love him, but it's all he wrote. <laughs> yeah. I think that having those
2: clearly defined labels makes traditional marketing easier. Right. Right.
0: This you is know, like, yeah.
2: And when you think about like bookstores, it's all broken down by those traditional genre labels. Right. Right. Otherwise
1: you would That's just have hard. otherwise you just have a bunch of names and a bunch of book titles. And it's like, here's the store, go and browse. And it would just be really random. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I know I hated having to choose genre when I when I published on Amazon. I was like, oh well you don't have anything for deaf and hard of hearing. Like you don't have a, a section for CODAs. You don't, that, and I even emailed them and they're like, yep, yeah, we don't have it, sorry. And I was like, well, there's a whole group of people out there that will probably look in that category, just FYI. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, um, cult, I don't know. And then it ended up being uh, like, my book ended up getting like a demonology rating and I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
1: What 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 what's one of those? <laughs> it
0: it was it was rated um, number one in occult, cult themes and demonism. And I was like, okay, I didn't talk about demonism in the book, but sure, whatever. Amazon, <laughs> you go ahead and label whatever you need to label.
1: <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's uh, funny.
0: It's
1: unfortunate they put those together because I'd imagine yours was more cult themes as opposed yeah. to demonism. But they just yeah. put, them, put them together. And they're funny, they're weird thing labels. I'm, um, it's like, yeah, like we're just too, I think we're just too nuanced and complex to, and I'm like, but I'm not just that. I'm this and this, this and this. And then I'll change my mind another day, I'll feel like something else. Honestly, I'm, I'm like, I, I change my Twitter bio regularly, like way too regularly. I'm like, no, I think it needs to be that. I'm just going to play around. It's a nightmare. And again, when it's something which uh, is your story, like, right? This is your yep. story. You've told your story, like, the story of you. Yeah. It's like, it's like saying, what genre am I? Exactly. Am I, am I one or two genres? Like, no, like, I'm, there's the whole, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it works like that.
0: Yeah, I don't like being boxed in either. I mean, I, I definitely relate to the, say, the INFJ label, but. I don't necessarily feel boxed in by that. Right. So, like it it was actually freeing to me when I found out that I was an INFJ because now I'm like, oh that explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> but but that one that I didn't feel boxed in by that. But trying to put my book and my life into a into a, a into a category, I didn't like it at all.
1: Mm. Um I'm trying to remember. Did Catherine, did did, did did the both of you answer the last question I asked? I can't even remember the last question I asked.
0: Was the processing, the writing process? Yes. Catherine did not. I did.
1: Wow. <laughs> Something uh, I is. was like, what was the short. last <laughs>
0: question? I have to remember stuff like that. Like, sure Catherine, don't worry. It.
1: I got this one. I'll, I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it. Like, Are <laughs> well, you still going to answer it? You're not going to get away
2: from <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Well, I think I talked about it a little bit. Um, yeah, you did. Unintentionally. Right. But I talked about it a little bit. Um, that for, and I would like to say that the writing process is different for different books to some extent, right? So in contrast to what Rebecca was talking about with the mo- kind of the mosaic process that she used with writing Train Gone with Finding Annie, it was kind of like this daily download of what's happening with the characters. And um, I just wrote whatever, you know, whatever the characters were telling me I needed to write about what was happening. And um, I actually ended up with drafts for six books before I stopped, before the story was stopped in my mind. And it wasn't even over then, I ended up doing parts of a seventh and that will be the last book in that series. (laughs) Um, But that, I guess from so many years of not writing combined with having found a method that really worked for me for writing the story, like not trying to put it into any box and just writing whatever, you know, whatever scene comes up and then making sure that I allow myself to have that time like when I go for a walk that is meditate very meditative for me right like my mind can just kind of be open and free and think think about what it wants to think about um you kind of lift off the worries of the day um so to speak I just wrote and wrote and wrote and I had ideas for literally dozens of other books that I have outlines or scenes drafted or you know what have you um but I am actually working on my memoir right now um something that I had kind of started and had written parts of you know here and there previously but I'm kind of fully been fully devoted to it over the last few months and that is a very different process (laughs) um that looks kind of much more like what Rebecca was describing, um, where I think about things that I'm like I probably should include this or parts of this and you know, throughout the day. And I I note it down and then I try to work it into where it makes sense to include it in the story. Um I also part of the like I guess the process, like I didn't really have any difficulty with themes, so to speak, with finding Annie. Like I knew what I knew what I was trying to get across what I wanted to accomplish with that story and not just the first book, not just finding any, but the series as a whole. Right. Um, Because the first book is just the first step. It's not like, I know a lot of series nowadays, each book could be like a standalone right by itself, but this is not the case for, for the life and perfect series. Um, But I definitely had much more muddling of themes in my memoir. Um, And because it's harder to separate, separate things when it's all fact, right? It's easier, I think, to kind of call things out when, it's, when you've got fiction mixed in um, and to kind of cut things. It's much harder to see what could be cut and what doesn't fit with the theme that you're trying to accomplish when it's, when it's your real life, especially when it's really unpleasant things. Um, and so that's definitely been a new experience I think ultimately a rewarding one, but a new experience for sure. You know, like I, I let the first person kind of read through most what I had written and notes for the stuff that I hadn't put in yet. And they came back and talked to me about the theme that they saw and what they saw for the, like where the book was going. And I was like, well, that's completely not where I was trying to go with this. So let me go back and start splitting out everything that has to do with parenting. Like, (laughs) um, and so that, that's, it's a completely different kind of process (laughs) with this than it was with, um, my fiction for sure
1: did you start writing the memoir after finding Annie was written
2: yes and no so I um, years ago before I started I officially started back to writing um, right before I made the decision to go start going to therapy and talk and start unlocking some of my childhood um, I thought maybe I could just do it if I wrote about my life so I actually sat down and I wrote what if I pulled it up right now it would read like a dry technical manual of this happened on this day and this happened on this day and this happened on this day of my life there was no emotion there was a lot of stuff that got that I didn't even think about because I didn't realize um, how bad it was. Kind of that you know rebecca said you know she put us that on paper and realizes whoa you know uh, about the stuff that you've been through and it's i definitely can identify with that feeling um so that was kind of my first the first bit that i wrote about it i was not intending to do anything with that or publish it i just was trying to write it down thinking if i can write this down then i'll be fine um and it helped, but not, it, you know, writing stuff down doesn't make you fine. So anyway, um, then when I went back to writing, I would a day here or a day there be called to like start writing down stuff from my life. Um, so like maybe one morning instead of working on my finding Annie, I was writing a seat, writing down a memory that was stuck in my head and I needed to get it out. Um, and so a lot of that very first draft of my memoir was written in that manner, stuff that came up generally kind of triggered by the stuff that I was writing and finding Annie um, is how it started. Um, where I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my mo- get it out of my head, so to speak. Like I needed to write it down to kind of process through it. And so then I wrote it that way. And then I kind of came back with a more focused, Approach this um, this summer, I guess. Um, right after Finding Annie was published, I started really working on it.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you both mentioned um, therapy.
0: Um,
1: did writing complement the therapy? Therapy the writing was it not as clear cut as writing and therapy helped me work through it? Um, but did they in any way work together?
2: For me, absolutely. Um, I process differently talking and writing, and yeah. I tend to have to process things myself before I can talk about them at all, even if they're not fully processed yet, right? Um, so writing about them definitely helps me significantly, and then I would... I, I could write about something and then I'd be talking to my therapist about it afterwards. And then I'd go back and I'd realize I still have almost no emotion in here. So let me try to fix this, you know, cause got to go back and relive those things and that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each pass relive a little bit more, talk to my therapist.
1: <laughs> and, and, and for you, um, then I'm, I, I, I may have misheard this. Did you say writing about it? Uh, y- uh, your preference what preference if that's the right it's not the right word but but you would write you would you found it um preferable to write about it first before then talking about it for me yeah yeah right
2: yeah i i I don't know why but that's that's kind of how my my brain works i can write about things even when i can't talk about them out loud and
0: so it helps me bridge that gap yeah i did not attend therapy while writing right that my train gone ended i was going to put a year on it ended in 2007 that's where that book cuts off um so i basically had to remember all the things that joel and i talked about in order to write about it and then i think for me, I, I take forever in a day. I don't know about you guys. I take forever in a day to process anything. <laughs> it'll probably take me a week just to process this call. <laughs> as good as it is, it'll, I'll probably still be thinking about it <laughs> like a week from now. <laughs> but like as far as therapy goes, I, I think having all that time to really think about it. And there were some things that I didn't even realize until writing the book that I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think Joel and I uncovered that at all. I think I just, I just opened the can of worms that time. And so I've tried to go to therapy since Joel, but nobody really holds a candle to him. He was pretty awesome. So I've tried and I'm just, I'm very like, he's on a pedestal way up here and everybody else is just kind of like, I mean, they're good, but they're not for me. So I haven't been to therapy really since Joel. And that was, like I said, around 2007, 2008 ish. So for me, I had the therapy. I didn't write at all during that time. But actually, I was drafting um, book and record reviews. I thought I was going to be an editor of Rolling Stone at one point. I, <laughs> that was something I wanted to do. Um, but no, for me, it was therapy first, and then I wrote about it like way after. So actually, Catherine, you're, that sounds really awesome to be able to like write about it, talk to your therapist about it, write about it, talk to your therapist about it. That sounds really nice. <laughs> It's
2: funny. It's um, it's almost like talking to my therapist about it cements what I fig- what I figured out, like the links that I made. And she sometimes is like, "I'm not sure why you come and talk to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you figured it out." <laughs> but it wasn't like that at the beginning. At the beginning, I needed a lot of help to figure out how to start, how to open doors that I thought would never open again so um but they definitely have complimented one another
0: that is pretty awesome
1: what an incredible compliment to receive from your therapist
0: yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a little confused I was like...
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah but i mean clearly there's been like a yeah a lot of self-awareness and connect that's taken place and you know even hearing you talking about getting in touch with the feelings and being like, okay, I want to part of this process is, is I know it's, it's the difficult part, which is getting in touch with the feelings around it. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, um, incredible transformation. It sounds like.
0: Yeah. yeah. And your therapist obviously knows that you're writing a book about, <laughs> She must know. She's
1: got she's got yeah, she's got that figured out. gosh, I wanna ask you both of you next about that thing that we all love doing as creatives, as writers. Marketing.
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) As if
1: the writing wasn't hard enough, right? (laughs) Years in the making, it sounds like your books. And then you're um, like yeah I guess the marketing around it I guess with that question though I do have to ask um, do it, it's assumed that marketing is, 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 is a thing and of course you know you want it's nice for people to read your book but I know people have different aspirations for their writing um, how did you how much did you care about marketing how much when did you start thinking about it Whatever is coming up for you right now, when I say that word, I would love to hear thoughts. Um, in, one word. in in one word, oh, ew. Yeah, I know you'd love that. Ew. Word.
2: Is that what you said? Ew. Ew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, one word. Let's do one word. Catherine, what's your one word?
2: I have to go with ew as well. <laughs>
0: wow,
1: double,
2: I know ew. it sounds unoriginal, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, were you first of all? Were you even thinking about? marketing as a thing before you had your work your 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 book the book finished
0: Mm-mm. no not me i did in the sense that i thought i have no idea how i'm gonna do that
2: like, <laughs> i am so intensely uncomfortable with anything remotely salesy um i think i think that that's fairly common with a lot of people and i in particular um and then i also had like when i was in college i had this job selling vacuum cleaners and <laughs> i know i know i hesitate to even tell this story um <laughs> but it was a door-to-door vacuum sales company was it,
0: electrolux?
2: it was not electrolux
0: Hey, because we used to have those guys come to our house all the time sorry
2: and i was the person who was supposed to knock on doors and basically bribe you with a jug of laundry detergent or something for us to demo a vacuum in your house. And I, I hated that job. I hated myself doing that job. And anytime I hear anything remotely, like about sales or marketing, my stomach just like clenches up <laughs> and I think about that job. So I have this really intense dislike of even the thought of marketing. Um, don't and work. I thought about it a lot when I was writing because I was like, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this because I have, like, nobody's even going to know I wrote a book let it, you know to buy a book if I don't do something once like, right. I have no idea what to do.
0: <laughs> and, how, and how it's going to be seen as authentic and really just me sharing something rather than me selling you something because I really could care less, couldn't care less what goes into that royalty account. I really, it doesn't matter to me. I, I mean, I'm not going to say it. I mean, it matters very little. It matters very little. Yeah. I feel the same way about marketing, though. I just, i For me, it's not the door-to-door vacuum selling as much as it is I was part of a multi-level marketing uh, fitness company for a little while there. We
1: this came up. And you know, I, I, I dabbled in a bit of MLM through the whole... <laughs> Just want to be free. How can I earn money and be free? And
0: right. it, oh yeah, it's so. It's,
1: it's kind of it's it's a little bit cult like.
0: Oh. As <laughs> a cult scene in the sequel. And I said
1: and I said little bit just because I know like it, it made me not to the extent of other cults that you've been in, Rebecca. But... I, I
0: see cults everywhere now, man. I see them everywhere. Yeah. I can't. It. i can't help it um personal development companies same thing i wrote about that in the sequel well, too. Uh,
1: here's a here's a question how when you see when you say you see them and i guess you're kind of maybe attuned to this now like what what are the are there any like uh red flags oh of, totally um cults or i guess and it almost doesn't have to be i guess it can be cold but it can, it can always or could also just be where the energy just feels really off and weird and
0: you're frozen. We can still hear you. When you're frozen.
1: Yeah, you're frozen as well, but I can still hear you. I
0: can see Rebecca moving. Oh, Catherine's moving. Jazz, you're still kind of there. You <laughs> are I like Now we can see. You. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, it's and they don't have to be religious um, at all. I've seen like personal development companies. There's there's a there's a oh what's the word? There's a blueprint for cults and how they operate. And there are some out there that I would say are definitely not destructive at all. It's just a kindergarten class could be because they've got a set of rules. They've got a program to follow. They've got their own little language going on in there. And only people in that classroom would know what red star blue means, whatever, I don't know, you know, but yeah, I see them in personal development companies, um, MLMs for sure. So for me, the marketing thing, it just brings me back to when I was taking all those stupid selfies and oh my God. Oh, it's (laughs) why people didn't tell me like, hey, you're getting a little weird. (laughs) They didn't. And I really wish they would have. I would ask my husband all the time. Is this weird? He's like, no, you're happy. He's like, I'm just gonna let you do what you're gonna do. You're gonna be happy. And I was like, but am I being weird and culty? I don't know. I'm like, (laughs) helping me.
1: Um, what, what is without us going down a huge rabbit hole here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, for me what it was about mlm was i couldn't it makes you the whole boundaries thing becomes a thing because the way it's set up is anyone i come across i'm missing out if i've not talked to them about this thing
0: mm-hmm. and i'm
1: like i'm not okay with that because all of a sudden now like like friends i, I can't like i'm like wanting i'm like oh if I'm not bringing it up, I'm not doing my job properly. If I am bringing it up, it just feels a bit weird.
0: Yeah. really,
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah. inauthentic. I, I I also think as well, I don't know about again, the two of you, but I try and create some distance between my writing and the marketing of said writing. Um, because again, I find that, um, I need to be in that kind of felt authentic space. And if I'm thinking about, I guess, more in that rational frame, who is going to go to, and I guess the, the judgment that's going to come with that, it kind of tarnishes the process for me. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Um, how 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 have you? Because um, I know you, I, I know you've both got websites, yeah, and may and mailing lists. Am I right in saying, yeah? So how um, how how have you? both gone about marketing in a way that feels a little bit more like you and like i say it doesn't have to be a huge big outline strategy because we've already said it's not our favorite thing but uh, what have you have you found any ways in which it has helped you to in which um you are able to do it more authentically because it, like like you say a lot of people listening to this i think will have the very same struggles
0: it's funny that you mention it because I was drafting up an email for my mailing list just before this call about, because I know that with KDP Select, there's the countdown sales and all of that stuff. I don't really know how to work that. So I'm going to probably just kind of figure my way through it. But mm-hmm. I was just saying, I actually, I was just being really honest. I woke up this morning and I was like, well, I really missed the 90s. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> And so I started writing about that. I was like, um, and then it naturally went into some of the things that were in my book. And then I just naturally threw a link in there. It's just like, if you don't have it, cool. I'm gonna be doing a little two day sale on it. And on these dates, it's in draft. I haven't sent anything yet. And uh, buy it for somebody else, ignore this email. I mean, I I just try to be as chill and nonchalant as possible because I really don't like the marketing thing, but,
1: um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, feel, it feels like, sh- uh, showing not telling seems yeah. to be more nice and, and actually integrating it into like your natural newsletter or stuff mm-hmm. as much as you can. Um, and I'm not, I've, I've seen, I've seen you do that really nicely on your, on your newsletter, where, um, you talk about different things. So, I think for us, it feels better for us to not um, constantly be, be building up or sending, you know, buy my thing, buy my thing. But actually, um, yeah, the, the way I see it is, um, in an ideal world, you know, I might be tucked away and not even have to worry about it. But I'm, I also know that I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, an I, I'm a huge INFP idealist, and unfortunately, I don't live in that sort of realm. So what i've had to what i've had to say to myself instead is i have to i have to show up with my energy um the energy i put out uh, will be received by the right people but they're not going to come if there's no energy out there to be received so that's where i try and um yeah, just kind of just 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 show up and be myself and um I, I, you know as you know there's there's so, so many different things this stuff, doesn't, this stuff doesn't happen overnight and we live in this world where, you know, likes and clicks and all this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, you know, I try and hold on to those moments. One of you mentioned this earlier. I forget which one of you was. Um, I feel like for a lot of us, um, just those single readers mean such a lot. Uh, you know rebecca you said you know catherine said you know i want to follow i want to follow your i want to follow your blog can i subscribe um and really i think just to hold on to those messages that we that we the evidence that we get that there is someone like an actual human soul who has gained value and nourishment from our work um maybe 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 that's it um Cause yeah, the, the like I say, the marketing thing is, is a tricky one for a lot of us. And it's a, uh, it's just an ongoing thing to be managed, isn't it? Yeah. Do you
0: have any marketing tips, Catherine?
1: Yeah. Catherine. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even really have a
2: newsletter yet. I know bad confessions make, but, um, I mean, I have a mailing list and I, I hesitate to say this because I might not meet my own deadline, but I was hoping by the end of the year, um, maybe it'll be the first quarter next year Mm -hmm. to launch an actual newsletter. Um, To date, there's just, there's an email notification when I have a new blog post that goes out to folks, but I want to shift away from that more into like a periodic newsletter. Not sure of the cadence yet. Um, But I, I I want to do that. I, I am not there yet. Um, but for marketing, I don't, I don't know. I got on, so I, I, the first thing I did was I was like, I have to have social media accounts and I, I, I don't do social media. Like, oh, i just do not.
0: <laughs> <class.
2: laughs> but I think I have to, right? If I'm going to be an indie author, I need to have social media accounts. So I created uh, the first one I did was Facebook because I have a personal Facebook account that I barely do anything with. Um, in fact, my sister set it up like 15 years ago because she said I needed one and I was like I don't know what this is (laughs) but um I created a Facebook account and then you know another struggle for indie authors like couldn't get my family to follow me on it so (laughs) own family won't follow you Damn. i know i know they're also the ones who haven't left reviews but anyway that's a different topic um, <laughs> oh, you so let me get started there <laughs> your, your book was great but you, i just keep forgetting to post the review um <laughs> but, but um the next thing i did was twitter and man twitter confused me i mean like totally confused me first you have like the the limit the character limit I'm like, how do you say anything in that character?
0: <laughs> be funny and be me in, tw- in 260 characters.
2: And then and then all of a sudden, like, there are people I've never heard of following me, and everybody expects you to follow them back. And I was kind of, like, doing that for a little while, trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um. And so I eventually kind of stopped. Um. And I actually... Right around the same time, I was starting to do this anyway. I read um, Firefly Marketing, Lawrence Paula's book on marketing, and it really struck a chord with me. I still have struggled to do even some of the things that are in there because I have such an aversion to marketing. But um, one of the things that I did, one of the changes that I made, was was in relation to social media, Twitter specifically. Um, And I created groups um, of folks. And so the folks that I really want to make sure I don't miss what they tweet. Of course, that doesn't help if I never get on Twitter, which is kind of what's happened since COVID. But um, <laughs> I, I did that so that I can make sure that I could see the things that I really, really wanted to see um, and by the people that I really looked up to and wanted to hear what they had to say. And I retweet is mostly, I I do a lot of retweeting, retweeting things that I believe in, um, and that I think there's value in other people reading. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, and what I noticed, like I said, I'm not really very active on Twitter right now. Like I, it's just social media just feels like too much with everything else that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I noticed happening was, a shift from just being tagged a lot in these like follow train things, I think is, I think they're called follow trains, um, that people were actually going to my website and reading things and then maybe tweeting about something that I read or, you know, retweeting something that I said. Um, and while the growth in like followers and that kind of stuff is fairly slow, I like it a lot better because it's authentic. Um, and it's the same kind of thing on Instagram, um, which I ended up creating an Instagram account too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm more active on there than I am on Twitter. But um, it's, it's, a sl- it's slow going. But I think that there's, when you are authentically interacting with other people, you begin to bring some of that back to you. Right. Um, And while that's not going to make me a bestseller or anything like that, I don't really care. (laughs) I just, I would like my book to be in the hands of people that it will make a difference to. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that's all that matters to me. Um, Or it's the most important thing, I guess is really what I should say. It's the most important thing to me. Um, And I think that little by little, I'll get there by just interacting with people the way that I would if I met them in real
0: life.
1: Yeah. I I think it really is a case of, um, and it's cool that you've tried out different platforms. I encourage people to do that because you've almost just got to see what fits for you. What feels right. Um, I know some people who love like Instagram, like that's their thing. Um, I find that kind of overwhelming. I, I take better to Twitter. I'm not even on Facebook now. Um, I, I do think that you just got to kind of find what works for you. And um, yeah, so I think this is something that Lauren says. It really is about the, uh, you, like you mentioned, like the kind of organic, it really just is about relationships and getting to know people and have kind of exchanges over time, um, mm-hmm. just naturally and, and organically. Um, yeah, I, I think Lauren is still giving away Firefly magic uh with her newsletter like for free um it's a great book um and for context we've talked a little bit about pandemic we're recording this in december 2020 so we're still kind of in the midst of even though we're talking about well i don't know what it's like there but maybe maybe coming out of it sometime next year (laughs) with vaccines and what have you we'll see what happens but yeah i just wanted to say we're recording this in december of 2020 um gosh the time is flying by (laughs)
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> how's the UK? As far as how's the UK as far as the world <laughs> as it is?
1: Um pa- pandemic-wise, you mean?
0: Yeah, or just yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so today the first people on the front line received the vaccine.
2: Ah, that's big. I read about that this morning.
1: As we record this on what are we, the eighth of December? Yeah. So uh we're in like a tiered system so we're not completely locked down but there's like different tiers so different places there's different restrictions like where i am um gyms are open uh, i think gyms are open in all tiers now they've decided to keep them open um for all tiers you can meet what can we do we can meet outside in groups of six um you can't mix indoors unless you've got a bubble there, and there's you know there's so many so many different like nuanced rules and this and that. And uh, so I, I'm I'm similar to Catherine actually. I really uh, needed to be on just online less, just because it still feels really intense. I got way into the US election as well. Um, (laughs) As you, 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 I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not even in the States and I got really into it and that came with its own intensity. So, and this time of year, I always find it's just for me about, um, I, I go very inward and I just need to slow down and my capacity for, uh, like taking on lots of stuff and, and being very productive and doing lots is just like, just my energy really wanes. So I'm really already kind of in semi hibernation, um, for the new year when we come around into January and I know I'll be starting to you know spring is around the corner and my energy starts to uh, starts to rise again so yeah that's the story in in London um, <laughs> yeah what's um what is what we've you've you've kind of talked a little bit about other writing projects what, what's what's next for the both of you writing wise um, what you got going on right now what what might there be coming up in the future that you can um, talk about that you would that you want to share
0: so the sequel to train gone which is the titles in flux right now i think i've settled on something but i don't want to say it yet <laughs> no worries. Uh, that's the first draft is coming to a close and i'll be sending that to a copy editor, a proofreader that we all know and love, I think. <laughs> hey, she's amazing. I could just squish her. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was going to end it there and then work on some other ideas that I had. I was, I had some fiction that I played with a couple years ago and I've got some characters that are like, Hey, <laughs> we're still here. Um, but then the sequel turned into a three part because I was like, Oh, there's more. (laughs) So, on with the Star Wars trilogy. Uh,
1: (laughs) I I literally, you said it earlier. I was thinking Star Wars because I know you're a big fan of Star Wars. And there's something about trilogies, right? But I'm sure you've asked yourself about. I didn't even. I didn't know about the tattoo actually that you've just.
0: Oh, I've got Darth Vader up here and Salacious B. Crumb right there. I just yeah. Did not
1: know that. I've got nice little segue. I'm not as hardcore as you, Rebecca. I've got some. Te- I've got some temporary.
0: Oh, I'm not more about the originals.
1: I've got some temporary tattoos here, ready. For <laughs> the They've arrived in the post. They're all. A, they're all Avicii quotes. I think they're going to go on my arm. I've got, <laughs> I've got three to choose from, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I did not know about your Star Wars tattoos. Yeah. And um, I guess with the trilogy, you're like
0: part of yeah, it. I, got, I know there's I a, big, a big part is
1: like trilogy is a thing Uh, i'm sure for you you're not choosing it just because trilogy is a thing it sounds like actually this is. i
0: was happy to be done with the second i was like no i'll just end it here i'll end it in new hampshire we're good whatever but then the last chapter of the sequel just was so rushed and i was like i skipped over so much growth that my husband and i both experienced being here interesting and i was like i can't i can't dismiss that and Mm. i think that our combined colossal screw-ups could be of value to somebody else maybe so and then i've got other ideas where it's it's kind of memoir but it's not told by me it's told by parts of my body (laughs) i'm so excited about this (laughs) Um, not 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 like risque parts i don't mean like that (laughs) although my memoir was quite raw and open but um so salacious bleep B crumb may have something to say.
1: Sounds uh. Fascinating. Cannot wait. No. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Catherine, what about, what about yourself? I know you've talked about a couple of things.
2: So I may <laughs> capital letters italicize that may <laughs> have three projects that come out next year. Um, so I have uh, that I'll be returning to soon. Um, the next book in the Life Imperfect series, so the book that comes after Finding Annie, um, and then that has had some that's had some editing rounds done, but it's just not it's not there yet for publication. Um, then my first memoir that I'm working on, Resilient, is um, the title that um, will hopefully be the first, the first thing that comes out. Um, and then I have another project that's a, it's a little bit different. Um, but I had some really positive feedback uh, when I kind of pitched the idea to some folks, um, there would be first volume and what will be at least two books, maybe three um, and it'll be anthology style but I don't want to really give too much else away about it. It's a little bit different, (laughs) nonfiction, Um, but I have never encountered something like this. So hopefully there's some excitement for it when I, when I am ready to talk a little more about it.
0: It does sound intriguing. (laughs) My curiosity's peaked. (laughs) Yay!
1: (laughs) Me too. Was there there a third as well that you that, that was, was the, third.
2: Third. There's okay. the there's the next fiction novel that's in the life and perfect series comes after finding amy mm-hmm. um next installment in hers and rob's story the my first memoir resilient
0: right yeah yeah
2: and the new book which i i could go ahead and give the title cuz i already have the title but um it's called fantasies and this is not sexual fantasies just to clarify <laughs>
1: <laughs> body parts fantasies yeah. <laughs>
2: Fantasy is Volume 1 Through My Eyes is what it's the title. So. Cool. And that's something I've been kind of working on in bits and pieces for a while too.
1: Well that sounds really exciting. And um I also want to ask um where but Rebecca you mentioned copy editor proofreader um who 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 was that that you're Kay- Baker.
0: Kaylee
1: Baker. Oh, I don't know. I don't know Kaylee Baker. She-
0: she, Lauren referred me to her and
1: we'll she's, she's, cool.
0: she's another, she's an INFJ. So she's, she's very much, like she, she treats what she's reading and proofreading and copy editing as it was her own child. She's just so amazing with the feedback and the suggestions. She's just, and she's just the cutest thing ever. We would, <laughs> we
1: would definitely share her details. Where um, can folks listening to this, watching this, find you both? online rebecca
0: oh rebecca (laughs) mallory.com r-e-b-e-k-a-h
1: mallory.com and katherine
0: kturnerwrites.com
1: kturnerwrites.com go ahead sorry
2: i was just gonna say and on social media it's at kturnerwrites for whichever platform Facebook Twitter or Instagram
1: it's the same username but your branding on point you got all of them
2: that it makes my life so much easier it really
1: does there's that, there's that thing where you think of like a dream and you're like
2: oh it's been taken
1: I'm gonna have to take something else my life is over uh it's nice when it all uh, syncs up
0: I didn't even thought to do that see I
1: know you're I know you're on Twitter Rebecca and I believe Instagram
0: yes and Facebook too and, and the funny thing is is Facebook is my least favorite and the one that I dread going on Mm-hmm. but that's the one I seem to get the most. People are all over my, my stuff that I post. I'm just like, oh, okay.
1: We'll, we'll share the links. Do you want to quickly say the, the handle?
0: Oh, so, see, I don't have the... So the handle for Twitter is uh, at Wrongs. I love that. And um, Instagram is at underscore just underscore Rebecca underscore. See, now I've got to change this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Facebook I have no idea. I at I think it's rebecca.mallory99 or something weird like that. I don't know, whatever it and is. Again, saying. well
1: in, in the notes we'll we'll have all the we'll have all the links. It's
0: there. And the um, website actually has the links in.
1: I has them all on there, on your website. Yeah. Go to so um kturnerrights.com and Rebeccamallory.com. Oh. Thank you both so much for this thank and just for, like being so open and so honest and just so awesome and so fun to talk to. Um, I do have to say both of you have um, contributed to the indie author. I interviewed you both. Um, you've also written uh, little uh, extra chapters about your writing journey. So um, thank you both for doing that. And yeah, anyone listening to this, um, I'd encourage you to check both Catherine and Rebecca out. They are both awesome. And um, yeah, this has been so fun. Thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Diary of an Indie Writer. As you might know already, I'm a writer and a writing coach, sharing my journey as an independent artist as it unfolds. If you're enjoying the podcast, you might also wish to check out my blog by visiting www.indywriter.net. That's indywriter.net. Thanks so much for being here and for accompanying me on this journey. I really appreciate it and I hope to see you again here soon.